Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by award-winning dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 17 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and food peace promoter. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And I'm really excited about today's episode where we're going to talk, talk about anxiety over eating, not because of fear of getting fat, but because of the fear of the health consequences of getting fat. And there's lots and lots of interesting research to dig through and to really figure out where is the way that we can find solutions to enjoying food and promoting health at the same time. And I had the opportunity over the last few weeks to speak to a great group of students um, at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. That's actually where I 
completed my dietetic internship, which we dietitians do after we finish our undergraduate time. We all have to um, spend a year um, doing supervised practice and then, you know, sit for our boards. It's a really challenging time. And I had the pleasure of doing that work um, in uh, Greensboro. And that's what actually brought me to this fabulous city. And it was such a great time that I will always remember my very last day of my dietetic internship. It was July 7th, 1999. <laughs> so it was um, a really happy day. And uh, But anyway, I did get to go back and speak to two different classes in the nutrition department. And I just want to say hello to all of them. Great students. One was a class on nutrition counseling, and the other was nutrition through the life cycle and I often go back to that campus to talk about eating disorders and um, body image. So um, such a great group of students, great interest questions. And I'm really um, excited to see what um, the dietitians in training right now, what they're going to be doing in the future, because more and more students are exposed to the toxic side of fat phobia and our culture of dieting. And I think they're smarter because they've been more exposed to this. And um, so I basically am putting in your hands now, future dietitians, the way to further expedite our healing as a world. Because I always tell my clients, I'm helping you to recover into a world that hasn't recovered from its own eating disorder yet. So dietitians in training, help us. We need you. Um, And um, I look forward to seeing what you do. And before we get to today's letter, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Birdhouse Nutrition Therapy. We are registered dietitians specializing in eating disorders and polycystic ovarian syndrome. And we are working in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we are so proud to bring to you um, a source of hope and healing for eating disorder recovery for you and your family. So let's get to today's letter. Dear food. First, I want to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't love you all the time in all your rambunctious glory. I'm sorry that I exile some of you to the naughty corner and play favorites with the others. I'm sorry that I obsess over which one of you will kill me and which ones won't. I'm sorry that sometimes I kick some of you out for months at a time, then all of a sudden binge on you for one night only to not call in the morning. That must be very confusing for you. It's confusing for me too. I'm a fretful eater. My health-related generalized anxiety disorder makes sure that every morsel of you that slips past my lips is calculated and considered. It's not that I'm scared of how fat I'll be, rather that I'm scared of what the repercussions of that fat might be on my health. While most people can put these fears aside sooner than they can swallow, my personal mental hell ensures that I stay in a constant panic state about what hidden dangers you might possess. That's why I diet. I've read and read and read. I have tried to understand which of you are inherently bad, not by any doing of your own, and which of you are inherently good. Which of you will satisfy my bodily needs and desires the best? Which of you will hurt my digestive system the least when I have my episodes of gripping, panic, and pain? 
So far, everything contradicts. And every time I feel like I have finally found the answers I'm looking for, it all falls apart around me. I don't know who else to turn to. Please help me to understand you better. Please help me to understand how you can be a source of therapy, pleasure, and positive and peaceful nutrition. I don't want to be scared of you anymore. Sincerely, Anxious Appetite. Hey, Anxious Eater. Thank you so much for your letter, and I hope I have some solutions for you. And to start off, I want to tell you a really short story about when I was an undergraduate pursuing a degree in nutrition at Ohio University. And I was really excited to take my very first nutrition class because that was my declared major. And when I went the first day, there were a bunch of people that I had gotten to know over the previous um, quarter. And they were not nutrition majors. And I was like, what are you doing here? This is exciting. Are you going to change your major? That's cool. We get to hang out more. And no, they were pursuing other degrees in art or education or theater. You know, they were, they were pursuing things outside of the nutrition realm. And like most colleges, my college required um, just about everybody to have some credits in science. And so the cool thing about nutrition was that could count towards people's science requirement. And so what my friends told me is they thought nutrition would be an easy A compared to chemistry or biology. It was a no-brainer. And as the weeks started in that quarter, um, I noticed my friends were dropping out of the class. And what they found is nutrition is indeed a science just like all the rest. Um, It is a science that is not easy. And in fact, I feel like it's even more challenging. And, And this is why. All the other sciences out there, you'll find um, like chemistry, physics, biology, there's a lot of black and white answers. There's new things being discovered, yes, but there's just so much that's right or wrong. And nutrition is so different. Nutrition, especially when we are considering food and what we get from food and what promotes health and what doesn't promote health, it's not going to be black and white. And so not only is it complicated and we talk about amino acids and triglycerides and um, you know all these kind of complicated kind of structures, but then also there's an art to it, which makes it even more interesting in my brain, but also complicated for those of us who were looking into it as an easy A. <laughs> so something that I want to just um, let you know, letter writer, is that your brain, because of this anxiety and the, the anxiety rooted in the fear of health consequences from gaining weight, the, the reason why it's so crippling is because there is no definitive answer to what is good and what is bad. There's just not going to be unless you have an anaphylactic type of reaction where if you eat maybe um, some shrimp and your airway closes you know, that's the only time that you're going to have a black and white reaction where you should not eat that shrimp anymore. Other than that, really, food is just going to have more of a fluid kind of experience. There's going to be times when eating certain foods are going to feel super energizing and health promoting. And there's going to be other times when they're going to feel the opposite. And that doesn't make 
the food right or wrong. It just means for right now, it's just not what your body's needing. So what really sucks about the anxiety you're experiencing is it's like this wedge into that area of your body where that wisdom is residing and it's still there. So what we need to help you do is to um, remove that wedge, um, throw it as far as you can (laughs) away from you and reconnect. And in that process of reconnecting, because that wedge took up a lot of space, the one thing that you're going to notice is that there's going to be the, an increase in that anxiety. So as we talk today, letter writer, I would say without a doubt, if you're not under the care of a therapist and a dietitian, march down right now and find yourself one um, or, or both of them. And um, because these kind of suggestions are not something that I would recommend for anyone to do by themselves, just because they can promote, provoke that anxiety. Something I know to be true, though, is that anxiety cannot hurt us. It can feel like it's going to hurt us. I know when I've had panic attacks um, and, and generalized anxiety, that's something that I, I live with as well. It can feel like it's killing me. Um, it's like that it's like choking my throat. But um, we know it can't hurt us, literally. But the things that we do to avoid the anxiety are the things that are harmful. And the behavior that you have with food, as you said in your letter so eloquently, it is it is harming you. It's keeping you from experiencing peace and happiness. Um, it's really keeping you probably from many parts of yourself. So without a doubt, what has begun to evolve or has really maybe not even begun, but something that's been there for a while is that food has way more power than it deserves. We don't, food does not deserve as much power as we give it. And, you know, we live in this world that has kind of funneled down this belief that food is either going to kill us or it's going to cure us. Again, that kind of black and white belief system, which is really unfortunate because food science is incredible. And, you know, eating more of certain things can Um, prevent cancers and can help prolong our life and give us more energy. But it's not, you know, eating just this one food or getting this one type of nutrient is going to do that. It's really this kind of balance and moderation of all of these types of foods. And it's also being connected to things like joy and um, experiencing life and relationships that come with it. Because if we are avoiding so much because of that anxiety. Something that I know that happens to our body is it increases um, cortisol levels, it increases insulin levels, it can lead to just so much of our stress hormones going bonkers. And we know without a doubt in um, physiology that that is something that is scraping up our um, capillaries, you know, our, the, the, the tubes in our body that carry blood to different parts of the body, that those are areas where we, if we're stressed all the time, it can lead to these nicks and scratches and cause things like plaque buildup. And that can lead people to experience heart disease and um, strokes and things like that. So really finding a way for you to experiencing calmness and working through this relationship with food 
if that means eating French fries and fried chicken, I think in the end, from what you're describing, that's going to promote health more than avoiding all the foods that um, are so fearful at this point. So, you know, really finding a way to experience calmness more often and working towards that, uh, I think is a, is a super important um, goal for anyone who can identify with this letter. So how can you move forward with this experience with food? Well, there's two, there's two different things that I think of. And one of them is, um, and again, this is something that I would encourage anyone to do with their therapist and dietitian. Because it's something that it's, it's just really challenging to do on your own. But when I was pursuing my master's degree in mental health counseling, I learned a lot about phobias. And something I learned with phobias that they do is um, they do this 10-point scale. And they have people who are um, afraid of something to rank experiences with this, whatever this could be. Um, for example, if someone is fearful of spiders and it's really getting in the way of their life and they go to a therapist and say, I want to work through this phobia with spiders, what that therapist could do is rank on a scale of one to 10 experiences with spiders and maybe um, holding a book that's closed and on a bookshelf, or maybe not holding it, so <laughs> the book's on the bookshelf and it's a book about spiders. Maybe that's a one. So it's not that it's not scary at all. But a 10 would be holding a spider in your hand. And maybe in the middle there could be holding that book, but it's closed and it has tons of pictures of spiders. And maybe a nine would be sitting in a room with a spider that's in a cage that can't come out. But a six could be holding that book open and staring at a picture of a spider for a minute. And maybe a seven could be sitting in a chair in a room that's next to the room with a spider in a cage that can't get out. Um, and so what a therapist would do is, is help a person with exposure slowly with things that kind of rank around that six or a seven. And um, what's really cool is after a couple exposures, um, the things that were at a, a six kind of go down to a five or a four and things that were at a nine become an eight or a seven. It does take time, but over, you know, after a while, this person who has this phobia of spiders can work toward holding a spider and, and, and feeling somewhat calmer about it. So it doesn't, you know, rule their life. So for you, letter writer, I would encourage you to do with your therapist and dietitian is to rank all of the foods that your brain is putting on the bad list right now. And it could be pages and pages long. That's okay. And I would want you to rank them from a, on a scale of one to 10. And the things that are around a six um, or seven, those are the ones that I would encourage my clients to kind of start with. And, um, the first two or three exposures with the food are usually the most um, anxiety provoking. Then by the fourth or fifth time, clients usually report feeling um, a bit more ease with it. So um, it, again, it's something that it takes time. It takes repeated exposures. But once you start going through a couple foods, you'll notice a lot of other foods start to be easier. Another thing that I think can be helpful, helpful for you, letter writer, is really addressing that fear of fat. I one time I heard this um, wonderful speaker, her name is Jennifer, Jenny Schaefer. She is someone who wrote a book um, 
about eating disorder recovery that I'm going to put in the show notes for you. And Jenny Schaefer, she once said that the way she was able to heal from her eating disorder was facing that fear of fat, like really getting to this point where avoiding eating in a way that reconnected to her to her life was just so much more important um, to work through than avoiding that fear of fatness. So I really feel like when I, I work with clients towards eating recovery, that's basically what starts to pivot is they they come to a place where like, okay, if if healing from this this eating disorder means I may get fat, then that's going to have to be okay because this way of living is no longer an option that I want to stay with. So I would encourage you to really just let that marinate for you. What What is so scary about fat? And I do have some insight into it because as a dietitian and a fellow human in this world, I can appreciate our fat phobia. You know, I think we live in this world where everyone is just so fucking scared of fat. And I really feel it's overdone. And I know people are more concerned than ever with um, things like obesity. And they've put um, this war kind of going on with it and made it into an epidemic. Yet, we have to remember that there always have been fat people, and there always will be. And there are many people out there where their body is genetically supposed to be fat. And by trying to change that, that makes them move away from health. That is harmful for them because it just promotes weight cycling. It disrupts their genetic kind of um, set point and their body just is going to be doing things to get them back. And so for all of us in this world with this fear of uh, fatness, because we're told it is like a death sentence, I feel like also, you know, living in a larger body is not something that is considered um, something to be proud of. It's not something that um, people dream their children will be one day. Um, And it's really sad because again, there are people who are going to be in larger bodies and that's the way they're supposed to be. And that is what's so beautiful about we humans is we're all different, right? So it's something to kind of keep in mind there. Like what, why are we having this fear? And what's happening is that um, when my clients who are losing and losing weight because they're in the throes of anorexia nervosa, And I send them to a doctor and the doctor will say things like, oh, you know, I wish all my clients ate more fruits and vegetables, or I wish all my clients exercise this much. Um, Because of the fat phobia, I think it also is making some health professionals miss out on some really important medical interventions. So I, I, I feel like I almost need to apologize for the medical community. You know, we've provided this kind of emphasis of uh, fat phobia. And I also want to call attention to there are there's lots of research that's coming out where people are talking about having a fatter body can be health promoting, that people who are in fatter bodies with diabetes live longer than people who are in smaller bodies. Um, And and I think a lot of researchers will point will will call that an obesity paradox. But there's just so much that's um, available now in the research world that I really think we need to take that word paradox off and just be more curious about how body size in its larger 
on the larger um, continuum, how that can be protective for health. So when you feel that fear of fat and it and harming your health, I want you to picture, letter writer, I want you to picture a big question mark because that fear is not based on current scientific literature. And what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to put in the show notes links to some really important studies on how um, our fear of fatness may not actually be based on reality, how it may actually, um, for some people, being in a larger body can be protective. So I really want to challenge that fear. Because one thing I know to be true with anxiety is that when we, when we peel back its layers, it really has no basis. It's, it's probably something that's really old in our body and our body is still holding on to it and challenging it and then sitting with it um, and letting that and facing that fear head on. What you'll find is that eventually its grip will loosen and you can get back to being you. You can get back to reconnecting to food and your own body's wisdom, which in reality is going to help you reconnect to other people, to careers, to life, and to your joy. That's what I want for you. I want to food not have this much power and for you to reconnect to your joy. And speaking of food, food has written you back. So let's get to food's letter. And in the meantime, letter writer, thank you so much for sending me your thoughts and your experiences. And I would love to know how things are going. So please, please keep us posted. Take care. Dear Anxious Eater, we appreciate your apology, yet we don't think you're at fault. You've got some mixed messages about health throughout your life where you've done what you thought was best. The next steps to reconnect will be tough and so very important. A therapist and a dietitian will help you stand tall against the anxiety's lies and cultural misconceptions. From there, you'll go far and be more at home than ever before. Love, food. Do you have a complicated relationship with food and want to change? I want to help. Send your dear food letter to lovefoodpodcast at gmail.com. I hope to read about your experiences soon. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Love Food series. Have you enjoyed the show or would you like to give me feedback? I welcome your thoughts. Please give a review in iTunes and subscribe. This type of kindness helps the show continue. You can also tweet me at eatingpermitrd. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.